live from the Volunteer Fire Department in beautiful downtown Mineral Springs, North Carolina. It's the Rolling Dice and Taking Names Squirrely Awards. Tonight, we'll be looking back at the best games of 2022 as presented by some of the biggest names in the board game hobby. So grab yourself a moon pie, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And now, here are your hosts for tonight, Tony McCree and Marty Connell. Hello and welcome to the 2023 Squirrelies. I am Tony. And this is Marty at the 8th Annual Squirrelies. Another opportunity for us to just show how intelligent and thoughtful we are with picking some of the best board games from 2022, Marty. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, these are one of the most prestigious awards Mm -hmm. presented within the beautiful downtown of Mineral Springs. Yes. And once again, we have an amazing host of presenters here. I cannot wait for them to get on stage. But before they do, I do want to bring to our listening audience attention that this would not be possible without them. Isn't that how most of these award shows go? You thank the audience and all that other stuff before you get started. You're right. The audience is the most important part of this. And I'm looking around the audience and I see a lot of very familiar faces, a lot of faces that have been here over the years, such as over there is Joel and Dan Patrice over there. And, and look, there's Rob and Christina from Blue Peg, Pink Peg, and there's Chaz, and there's David Waybright. Oh, crap, David. Dude, I am so sorry. Tony, I asked David to attend and present an award, but I forgot to give him an award to present. Um, So I'm not seeing a problem here, Marty. I, he came all this way, and I'm sure he wants to come up on that. David, I am sorry, dude. I am so sorry. Look, we, we do have a gift bag under the chair for presenters, and even though you're not presenting, you still keep that gift bag, okay? that That's all yours. You know, a lot of the award shows now, I don't know if you caught any, They've kind of, they've got the monologue and all, and it's been falling flat for me. I didn't, I didn't get a lot of them. So I don't think we need to do that. I don't think like where we tried to get that laugh track in and things like that. We just need to present some awards unless you got something funny to tell me. Now you put me on the spot. I've always said we need to hire like a comedy writer to come in and write a monologue for us. You know, if we're looking out in the audience and doing a little bit of the roasting and stuff, uh, but we've, we've uh, just don't had the funds to do that yet. Well, you know, we could have gone over to that thing called Chat GPT. Oh my gosh. Why didn't we do that? Okay, next year, notes for 2024. Get Chat APT to write our monologue for us. Always coming back to the stage, we, we're going to have Dan King. He's going to come in and get us kicked off. He is that party guy. And he will, I saw him in 2022 at Gen Con. I was so excited to see that. For those of you who haven't checked it out, be sure to get over to his YouTube channel and um, check out his van life. And then a recurring Chaz. I mean, oh man, uh, Marty. He has a stack of index cards. I hope he doesn't drop them. That'll that'll be a tragedy, because there's nothing I can do. You know, we can't pick him up. I hope he's got them sorted, or he's got them somehow bound so that he doesn't lose them. We got some new presenters coming on stage today. We got Candace Harris. She'll be on here, but. You hosted with her at a recent uh, history um, con where you did a virtual panel with Candace about beginning historic board games for people, which is something you and I did a video on releases re- recently. 
Wow, I cannot talk, Marty, and I haven't even had my first drink yet. I don't know about you. <laughs> well, actually, we thought it was a good idea to bring in a bunch of younger people uh, and presenters mm. this year. You know, we're the older content creators, so we thought let let's bring in some energy this year. And you mentioned Candice, uh, which is is going to be great. Benita Core, who mm. is a Twitch streamer. Uh, there's a lot of people uh, streaming. Uh, gameplays and events on, on Twitch, and and she's uh, new to the show coming in. We have Tim Chewin and Sam Smith. Uh, both have some incredible uh, YouTube channels covering, I mean, Tim's all about game reviews and, and doing photography and videography, and Sam does a lot of coverage of games such as uh, Root, like Root's one of his big-time games. And so with all those, we just want to bring in some young blood and some energy because by the end of the show, you know, we, we're pretty much done is mm-hmm. past our bedtime, so we'll make sure to kind of sprinkle them through to keep the, the energy alive during the show. I am concerned. I'm I'm not going to spoil who's presenting your game of the year this year. Mm-hmm. I, we're going to have to wake him up because he's our age. And it's going <laughs> it's going to be tough. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> maybe we should have his pre-recorded just in case. Uh, you, you know, he he's he falls asleep during the chair when we call his name to come up and present. That's right. We'll award. go ahead and we'll get him out backstage here. Get him to record just in case he falls asleep before he makes it up here. I am so excited to get over to our award show. So with that, are you ready to begin the 2023 Squirrelies? Let's do this. So coming to the stage to present our first award is Dan King. It's in the cards. Hello, my friends. It's the Game Boy Geek here. And it's a pleasure to be at the Squirrelies again presenting this is the best award show in board gaming, and it's put on by two incredible studs. Now, I'm going to be presenting the It's in the Cards Award. No, we're not talking about the old fogies, Tony and Marty AARP cards. We're not talking about the John Deere reward cards. We're not even talking about calling cards. And by the way, if you don't know what a calling card is, you are too young to be listening to the show. But it is essentially the best card game of the year, and the nominees are... Scout by Oink Games, Cat in the Box by Bezier Games, and Oh My Brain by 25th Century Games. Now, the squirrely goes to Scout by Oink Games. Congrats. This was a hard category for me, Tony. There were a lot of really cool card games that came out last year. I mean, I was a huge fan of game, uh, Cat in the Box uh, when it came out and played it at Origins. I just love that trick-taking game. But the thing, the winner of this, Scout, was one of those that at Gen Con, remember, everybody was all a buzz about it, and you we went over to Oink's booth. No, we and- didn't. No. You went over to Oink's booth, and I still can't. Scout, Scout, let, let it all it out. out. Yep. I, I know it's not that, but anyway. But yeah, you went over to Oinks and picked this up, and I'm still trying to figure out how to get a copy off of Amazon. It seems like it sells out very quickly. I may have to just go on Google on my phone here in a little bit and check that out. But anyway, back to you, Scout. What a great game. It's like it's one of those things, every time somebody plays it, the rules are so straightforward, and you think, well, what's the big deal? Uh, I just got to play sets of cards or you know, matching cards and beat what's already on the table. But it's that, it's the fact you can't change the order of the cards. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're, you're trying to basically empty your hand. 
And I don't know. It's just a very, very clever game that it's kind of addictive and you just keep playing over and over again. And then, the uh, you know, like you said, game in the box or game in the box. I'm sorry, cat in the box. And then, of course, Oh, My Brain. I really enjoyed that one. I like the concept of having the graveyard, the cards in the graveyard and how those came back into your hand. And then, you know, eating the brains along with the points. But that, you're right. This was a very hard topic for us to pick. But I agree. Scout. That's one of those that when we were at the cons and everything, it's a quick one to play. Really enjoyed that. I do want to pick it up. I think my family would enjoy it. I think a lot, I think anybody, any age group can, can get a, the concept of Scout. Yeah, exactly. So I think Oink is one of those companies that whenever they come out with something, I'm definitely going to keep an eye on what they come out with. A lot of great Japanese designers coming out of that company. For our next category, uh, we've become fans of tile laying games. Coming to this stage now is the group from Tantrum House to present No Grout Required. A big thanks to Marty and Tony for having us back yet once again. It was great hanging out with you guys at Tantrum Con. Thanks so much for coming out and hosting your annual Moon Pie Eating Contest. I heard the guy, the dude who won stuff like six in his face in a minute. That is impressive. Almost as impressive as the category that we're going to be looking at today. The nominees for No Grout Required, the tile lane game category, are Azul, Queen's Garden, Teletum, and Basilica. And the winner is... Azul, Queen's Garden. Congrats from us at Tantrum House. I enjoy all the Azul games that have come out, but I think Queen's Garden, it took it up a notch. It may not have gone to an 11, Marty, but it did take it up a notch for me as far as the Azul games are considered because of some of the pattern matching you had to do and how you had to score the points and some of the challenges that you had to face as you were figuring out which tiles you wanted. It, it kept a lot of the base game, kept a lot of the strategy from that, but overall, I enjoyed this one probably the most out of all the Azul games, and that for me is why, for the no grout required, Azul's Queen's Garden won from one. It got my vote. Yeah, um, it's one of those things that it kept the spirit of the base game, but it was different enough where it didn't feel like it was just an add-on to something that was already there. I think that's what I appreciated about it. You could tell it, its heritage was that base Azul game, but it was something all on its own. And uh, it was a very clever game. I, I enjoyed it. But, you know, the other two, uh, Tila Tomb and Basilica, also great games. Basilica is just a great two-player game mm -hmm. in itself, uh, also that we uh, really enjoy. But the, the whole family of Azul games, there's some real gems out there. And for sure, this is one of those gems. And I know that they're getting ready to come out with the Azul Pocket Edition, which mm -hmm. will be great for me to take on uh, some various cruises that I'm sure the family's going to do. So I'm going to try to get that one. But Queen's Garden was, yeah, that, 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 if I get the opportunity, that one, Donna goes, hey, I, I want to do a tiling game. And I'm like, well, let's pass on it. I'm going to pull out Queen's Garden so we get that one played. Next, coming to the stage is a good friend of the show. Like I said, he's got an index of cards. Can we play exit songs on, on presenters, Marty? If they go too long, for sure we can. Okay. Well, with that, here's Chaz Marler. And 
Welcome to the presentation of the Give Me More Award, which celebrates expansions that truly add more to their base game. Expansions so good, they position ambitions for addition acquisitions. And now, the nominees of games that expand on their original concepts, such as the game Checkers 3.0, which isn't actually a nominee in this category, and I am mentioning only because the publishers of Checkers 3.0 offered me the largest <laughs> suitcase full of money ever seen. All you gotta do for it is discreetly sneak their game in among the other nominees, and also testify on their behalf in an upcoming court case. But, ha! Jokes on them, I'll be on trial myself that day. But, too bad, because we signed an ironclad contract. Such as the contracts that you'll find in our first real nominee, Red Cathedral Contractors. This expansion claims to, quote, contain almost as much content as the original game while taking the experience into another dimension. Oh, and that does sound interesting, but makes me wonder, is it a dimension where Red Cathedral Contractors wins this year's Gimme More Squirrely Award? <laughs> no, not if it's this dimension. And as long as we're traveling through space to other dimensions, let's continue on to our second nominee, Outer Rim Unfinished Business. In this expansion, underworld denizens set out to make their mark on the galaxy. Usually a mark in the form of laser blast scorch marks. Travel the outer rim in your personal spaceship, hire legendary Star Wars characters to join your crew, serve them a healthy breakfast, and become the most famous or infamous outlaw in at least 18 20 thirds of the galaxy. Now, before revealing our final nominee, let's just first say a quick word about Checkers 3.0, the only variation of Checkers from 1975 that supports up to three players, with a board of 61 hexagons that touch only at their points, not their sides. Oh, sound complicated? Well, don't worry, because as the game's publisher states, the game's complexity comes not from the board itself, but from the addition of an extra player's pieces. And and that's great to hear, because if it's one thing that Checkers needed, it's arbitrarily increased complexity. And now, our final nominee, which is Undaunted Reinforcements, an expansion that's like having a whole new army at your command, and not just any army, but a well-trained, battle-hardened group of professional soldiers at the ready to outflank your enemies, storm their defenses, and defeat them at a game of Checkers 3.0. Checkers 3.0, also known briefly by its desperate marketing team as Hex Checkers shortly before declaring bankruptcy. And now, the moment that Marty and Tony have been waiting for me to get to, the name of the winning expansion brought to you by Checkers 3.0. And the winner is... Outer Rim Unfinished Business. Congratulations. Here to accept the award on Outer Rim's behalf is a clone of myself grown in the same underground laboratory that developed Checkers 3.0. Oh, wait, I have just been informed that the clone has been arrested on charges that cannot be traced back to me. Which is excellent news! <laughs> Sounds like tonight everybody is a winner. Except Red Cathedral Contractors and Undaunted Reinforcements. Tony, we need to get some of that Checkers 3.0 money. I mean, they must have paid him a huge amount of money to be able to do that on this show. I just want to see this game. Hexagons <laughs> not touching sides. I don't know where this was going, but yes, we need to get in on that. And I'm glad he was able to use our show 
to gain him some additional money. They, they must not be paying him pretty well over at his other gig. I don't know. Yeah, maybe he needs may, additional may, gigs. Maybe, maybe not. But I hope that they're paying the people well that came out with the expansions that we mentioned, especially the winner, Outer Realm Unfinished Business. When we looked at these three expansions, to me, Tony, there was one that stood out. It was like, you have to have this expansion and you must play this anytime you play this game. And I think that's what it was with the Outer Realm. I think with just the one simple thing of being able to jump from one side of the realm to the other, that in itself is one of those that makes a required expansion, let alone having individual uh, leaders being able to do different things and some other mechanics that were added to the game. Right. So the other two nominees, you know, Red Cathedral Contractors and Undaunted Reinforcements, their base games on their own are amazing games. So this was just kind of like icing, additional icing for those games, but you are Absolutely correct. Outer Rim, unfinished business. I enjoyed Outer Rim, but this made me really appreciate that game and one where I'm like, oh, let's see how we can get that to the table sooner. Yeah, and that's one of those that was, I think, a really well-received expansion mm-hmm. where everybody was like, yeah, that that should come out with every time you play the, the Outer Rim game. And it had been a while since Outer Rim was released, so to see this expansion come out, from FFG was a surprise and a, a well welcome surprise. Yeah, bringing some of the characters that you were wanting, some of the ships. They they brought it all to you, but I agree with you completely wholeheartedly about being able to jump across the board. That yeah. just that completed that game for me. It completed. It completes me. <laughs> it completes me. It completes you complete me. me. Speaking of completing, actually as as a horrible segue because it has nothing to do with completing. Our next award is the If I Can't Play Strike, which is our favorite dice game of the year. And coming to the stage now are Ambi and Crystal from Board Game Blitz. audience we really appreciate that warm welcome yeah and thank you marty and tony for inviting us back to the squirrely awards we really love coming here for our annual moon pies and celebrations uh-oh. uh ambi i think they may have noticed that we snuck in a couple of extra guests with us yeah well i think they heard moon pie and my kids they don't know what it is but (laughs) the kids can't resist a moon pie right nobody can resist a moon pie really if we're being honest right yeah that's what we're here for and you eat moon pie what do you think it tastes like Strawberry. You think it tastes like strawberry? Okay. You know what? I bet there is a strawberry moon pie. (laughs) Well, we have been given the privilege of announcing the category, If I Can't Play Strike, which is informally known as the best dice game. Do you think there are any dice games that are better than Strike? Kissa. I'm a better dice game than Strike? Uh, That, you know what? I'll take it. I'll take it. Pounce? Pounce is better than Strike? Okay, that's fair. I like mice game. That rhymes with dice. Yeah, dice game, mice game. Okay, so if you can't play Strike, what game do you want to play instead? Merry Madness. (laughs) Merry Madness. I guess that has dice, yeah. And what about you? What game would you want to play? Monza. Monza. That also has dice. All right. Those are two very excellent choices. Yes, they are. But let's get on to the nominees for the Squirrely Awards. And the nominees are 
Dice Theme Park, Twilight Inscription, and Three Sisters. And the winner is... Dice Theme Park! Yay! Dice Theme Park! Dice Theme Park! Congratulations to the winner, and now we can go get to those moon pies. Moon pie. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's sweet. Maybe it's sweet, yeah. Thank you so much for everyone for inviting Ambie and I and for letting us bring in intruders. They're adorable. So really, what can you do? <laughs> yeah. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. We'll see you Bye. next year. See you later. See you later. Bye. See you later. All right. I got to give credit where credit is due here. And then I got to ask you a question. I'll admit Gladiators in the arena are no more. It's dice in the bowl for this Squirrelies. The first time in a long time. I'm going to go ahead and mention that out, even though it has nothing to do with the award. And second, when did we allow kids in? I don't know, but that may have been the cutest thing ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chaz is usually cute. Don't get me wrong. But that may have been the cutest thing ever. I don't even think that was prompted. They just ran out on stage here. I, and I mean, someone wasn't doing their job. Okay, that was me taking care of them or anything. I got distracted a little bit. I thought maybe, you know, after I fed them one moon pie that they would, you know, hang back there with me. But they heard more when it was mentioned on stage and out they came. And so we're going to have to do something special for them. I think we will. In fact, uh, Ambie, uh, see me after the show. I'm going to dig into our supply of moon pies and give you a bunch of different flavors. And you let me know uh, what your kids think uh, of those moon pies since they may have never had one. But Tony, enough about the moon pies. The winner, Dice Theme Park for Best Theme Game. I remember when you taught me that game that night, and I thought it was just one of the more clever ways of using dice in a game. I mean, yeah, it's not a lot of necessary rolling during your turn or anything like that, but it's the way that the dice were cleverly used to be able to work your way through the park and build rides and everything Mm -hmm. like that. I just thought it was extremely clever. And how you had to uh, score the points with it. Set up it, set up your theme park so you can manipulate the colors. You knew what was coming, so you could plan ahead. So the randomness of the dice was removed, but that's okay. You didn't have to worry about that. To your point, they were the um, workers for you, and you knew which values that you were going to have to use to manipulate to meet the attractions and the requirements of the attraction and how people would leave the park, the dice would leave the park. All very unique. I really enjoyed playing Dice Theme Park. But nothing against the other games. I mean, Three Sisters of Pinchback Riddle. I will say this. Look for them in next year's Squirrely with Motor City. Three Sisters. I uh, enjoyed it a lot. Not as much as I enjoyed Motor City. And then, of course, Twilight Inscription. The hot game at Gen Con that had one of the best tutorials, as you've mentioned often on the show. Mm-hmm. And still one of those things, things that I tend to go back to every so often. It's just, I think it's a clever roll and write that... Uh, does it? It's not exactly Twilight Imperium, but it's fun to, to, to roll the dice and have kind of a 4X style roll and write game that I, I, I really enjoyed. It just barely lost out to Dice Theme Park. It could have been those orange markers, Marty. I don't know. You know? <laughs> the, the markers that will dry out if you leave the cap off for too long, yes. Yeah, like Mark, put the cap, cap back on. Oh, God, now we've got to clean it all up. So. Once again, congrats to Dice Theme Park uh, for winning If You Can't Play Strike. Now, something that we've been getting heavy to in 2022 are these historical games. And our first-time presenter, Candace Harris, is coming to present Historical Games. You make a whole lot of history. 
my name is Candace, and I'm a historical gameaholic. It's been two days since I last played a historical game, but I think about them all day long. I just want to smell those chits again and hold a playbook in my hands. And uh, this is awkward. Um, you're actually at an award show right now. Oh. Well, in that case, here are the nominees for Best Historical Game. Red Flag Over Paris, Quartermaster General 1914 Second Edition, and Fire and Stone Siege of Vienna 1683. And the winner is... Fire and Stone Siege of Vienna 1683. Congratulations. Candace, thank you so much. And Candace Tony is one of those that I found to have a lot of similar taste in games. Uh, when she mentioned a game that she likes or whatever, it immediately perks up my ears just because we do have similar interesting games. So if you want some really good ideas for uh, games to play, especially in that genre, or some great interviews, make sure to go listen to her podcast where she interviews a bunch of really cool designers. Now, I, I know with this category, there are going to be a lot of people who are like hardcore historical gamers that will be stunned by the our three nominees and the winner and and i get that because these are lighter games these are easy ones to get into but i think tony for you and me and our audience this is a style of game historical game that people more likely to get on the table one that isn't daunting it doesn't have a huge rule book it doesn't take a long time to play but still can be thematic and a lot of fun and the winner fire and stone siege of vienna we just had a great time with we learned a bit about a little bit about a historical time uh, in history, it's an asymmetric game uh, where each of us have like one is defending a fortress and the other's trying to attack. Uh, the, the card play is really smart and the really nice wooden pieces. So it looks good on the table. There was a lot of things about that game that just was fun to play and moved quick. And it's one of those things, too, that uh, Capstone, you wouldn't think for best historical game except they did do Watergate, so which was really cool too. <laughs> but whenever they do release a historical game, it's usually going to be on this type of a front where maybe it's a little bit lighter, a little bit easier to get into, and uh, Fire and Stone's no different. And it didn't bother me about the dice. You know, sometimes when you get all, you know, not all historical games have the dice mechanic in, but a lot. But it's one of those that, hey, you, you come and go. It was the smart card play and positioning of your troops that I think could swing the victory either way. Not so much from the dice. Now, I will say, the Quartermaster General 1914 Second Edition, that was probably one of the best experiences we've had with five people. It was very strategic. There was a lot of smack talking going on during that, a lot of convincing one another to try to do certain things as we were commanding our forces. I thought that was one of our best, biggest plays in 2022 on a Saturday. What that means is that's when we got together. We knew we had a big game. We had to get a lot of people there. So that was one of our big Saturday plays. Really enjoyed that. Uh, this is one of those, Marty, I think that I know we got a lot of Saturday plays. We got to get in. It's one of those that, man, I really wish we could get it to the table more. Yeah. And it's one of those things too. It's like, oh, a Saturday game, that sounds like it takes forever. Or it's a very complicated game, but it's really not. It has some really clever card play. And just the way the logistics and everything's worked, I don't know, it, it was just really good. And it just, it's one of those things that if you get five, then you could play all the countries and everything. It was just best at five, but you don't have to play at five. And don't forget about all the hidden cards, you know, playing the cards, hidden, you, yes. what's he got there? 
a lot mm-hmm. of intrigue, a lot of, mm, a lot a lot of bluffing yeah, and everything like that. Yeah. yeah. And then the other game, Red Flag over, over Paris, we had tried out Fort Sumter from GMT, mm-hmm. which is a very simple two-player game. This is kind of like a step above that. And again, like an asymmetric game, it's kind of more long area control. That's a card-driven game with events and everything. One thing I remember that was really cool about that was the fact that when you played a card and put it on top of the discard pile, your opponent could use it. So it was one of those interesting decisions Boy, if I get rid of this, I may be giving him something that's really powerful in this card, and you had to be careful. And that little thing just made kind of put that over the top for me, too. And our next award is the It's Alive Award. It's going to be presented by our great friends over at Blue Peg, Pink Peg, Rob and Christina. Uh, Rob and Christina. Oh, crap. What, David? What yeah. I can't I can't I can't hear you. Come up on the stage. Come up yeah, on the yeah, stage. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, can I help you, man? Uh, I'm I mean I can give the award for them. I don't think they're gonna show. I could give it for them. I know you were supposed to call me and ask me for this, but I kind of inserting myself into the process, I understand, but I'm here. I'm here. They're not. Well, hold on just a second. Seriously, Rob and Christina, are you anywhere in the room? Hey Marty, Marty, yeah. I, I can do it. I, I promise I can get it done. Okay, here to present the It's Alive Award is David Waybright from Memphis. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, just coming in over the line is Rob and Christina out somewhere in a, a bunker? Hey, Marty, Marty, are, can you hear me? We're, are, we're coming in, we're kind of far away. Um, We got your email about uh, presenting for the Squirrelies, but there's just a little miscommunication when we saw the award for It's Alive. Well, one of us was really confused. No, we're not confused. You know what? Marnie and Tony, they are like prophets, right? Like on their podcast, they talk about lawnmowers. Oh, guess what? My grass is growing, you know? So when I got saw the email, but it's alive, they are predicting the zombie apocalypse. We hear you loud and clear. We got it. Uh, yeah. So we're in a bunker. <laughs> Where's all of our MREs? Uh, but we're still going to present the award for It's Alive. And the nominees are... Is it, is it concussion grenades or smoke grenades that we need? A Port Royal Big Box... Return to Dark Tower. Where's the air filters, Casino? We need all the air filters. Libertalia Winds of Galecrest. I think they're going to be fast zombies. They're definitely fast ones. And the winner for It's Alive, which is the new edition re-release category, is... Return to Dark Tower. Oh, I think we're... I think we're good. We got all the stuff. Oh, oh my... We didn't pack a single board game. Thank you once again, Robert Christina, for presenting. Oh, David, you're 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 still here, Mar- Marty. I, I mean, I could give it a try again if if I can. But but they already Marty. Yeah, I'd really like to try if I if I could. David, I'm I'm sorry. You know what, Marty? You know, good luck with your Squirrely Awards next year. Fine, then we're gonna take our gift bag back, then, David. There is no doubt that this is a magnificent feat of engineering when it's on the table. Return to Dark Tower. As long as you have powerful batteries. Keep that in mind. (laughs) Y'all will not let me live that down. No. Dollar General batteries were fine. Not for this game. It needs real batteries. It needs the Energizer Bunny. It needs some supercells. This is one of those games where electronics, iPads, all that stuff come together to give you a immersive game, a very, um, how do I want, tense, 
Tense is the word. I don't know why it was taking me so long to come up with it. But a tense game as you cooperatively beat down the nasty villains. And, and we had a blast with it. We really did. It was a lot of talking back and forth, a lot of planning. And I don't think we won, Marty. I know Bert's played it multiple times, and he's gotten in a few victories. But when we played it, I don't think we won. But once again, an amazing game that everybody appreciates restoration, bringing back from the dead, return to Dark Tower. Well, it's one of those things, too. Who would have thought that that campy game from the 80s, which is extremely luck-based, mm-hmm. would be the hit that it is? And they did an amazing job with it, making a very thematic strategic co-op game it's i'm just it's so impressive to take that game redo it with the app and everything and the app doesn't get in the way it's just there to help drive the game but it's mainly you playing the game and moving pieces around the board it's, it's so so well done the other two uh port royale uh which is a game i had never played before mm-hmm. and when i finally got a chance to play it it was like a card game that was just a lot of fun that i enjoyed and then libertalia which i had played it was cool to see that come um, out again, uh, which is also a very extremely popular game too. But boy, Dark Tower never would have seen it coming out in 2022 and being the hit that it was and being so successful, but it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, nothing against Point Royale or Libertad. It was just that they were up against some very strong competition this year. They were. You know what? I really appreciate everybody coming out here tonight and into these nice facilities and everything. However... In order to keep these lights on and everything going on, we, we do have some sponsors for our show that we, we probably need to give a little time to so we can make sure that we can pay the electric bill and for your way to get home and for the little gift bags that you have too. You've heard us talk about Game Toppers LLC on the show before some of our games, but we are proud to announce the Game Toppers is now an official sponsor of Rolling Dice and Taking Names. We somehow pulled the um, wool over his eyes, Marty. We convinced him. I, I don't know how that happened, but congrats to you for lending us another sponsor. And with that, I think you have a special announcement to make. That's right. We are thrilled to be officially sponsored by Game Toppers. Uh, they have some incredible products. And, and by doing this, there's a lot of special things that we have in the works, some ideas that we have. So you're going to be hearing about those uh, over the next several months, which could include some potential RDTN swag and some other things. So just pay attention. But right off the bat, I will say we now have an affiliate code uh, with Game Toppers. That means... You can use the code RDTN15 to get 15% off all mats, all mats and accessories over at GameToppersLLC.com. Did you hear that, Tony? 15%. You know that great sale he had during March where it's, hey, special March Madness, mm-hmm. 15% off. Well, with our code, you just get 15% off anytime you want. And it's on the mats. Uh, the tables are great. Don't, don't get me wrong here. I love the tables. I love being able to pull that thing out, putting it on the table to give people some way to rest their arms, keep the dice in check. But the mats are probably my favorite product of all. I love his mats, the durability, their ability to be scotch guarded, to keep Marty from spilling stuff and ruining it. It's also, you know, Donna rolls out the mat anytime she wants to put a puzzle on the table. So I am very thankful for Berkey for setting us up with that 15% off. 
Some of these mats, they can fit on a coffee table. Some of them can fit on, on my dining room table that can seat eight. So you are not limited on the sizes. They're not going to fray. They're not going to come apart. Some of the accessories. He's got one accessory. It's got his logo in it, but it's basically wells where you can put various chits and tokens and things like that out in the middle of the table so that you, know, you can pass it around so people can get it. Easy to uh, display or get things organized on your table. Plus, he has the map bags that you can use in order to store your maps, which is what I do. Basically, Tony, I keep my mat inside of a map bag in the back of the car so that every week we play, when we go into McAllister's. I just take out that mat, roll it out on the table, and we are good to go. So once again, we're excited to have Game Toppers as an official sponsor of RDTN and to provide us an affiliate code RDTN15 to get 15% off your order. And make sure to pay attention over the next several months. New Kickstarters are coming. He has some ideas for some new products that we can't wait to tell you about. Plus some special things that's going to be happening for us. Another sponsor we really do appreciate here at Rolling Dice and Taking Aim is MiniatureMarket.com. Miniature Market for all your gaming needs. If you want one of these games that we have been talking about, be sure to head over there. Put it in that old basket. Put it in the old cart, in the old buggy. Yes, for those of you who don't know, that's the same thing as a shopping cart. And then check out. But wait, you don't have to ship it. Put it on hold and then get some more stuff so you can get free shipping. Marty uses that feature a lot. I'm not as patient. I can't do that. I'm going to buy it and ship it. That's just who I am, and that's all right. Also, speaking of miniaturemarket.com, they have those daily sales that are going on. There's always some new clearance sale that's going on, it seems like, just the other day. I was over there, and they were offering up to 90% off. Oh, wait, here's another sale, something about Arkham. They always have some type of theme that's going on. Wait, wait, wait. There was an Arkham? I believe. Wasn't there an Arkham? I don't know. Uh, See, that's why I need to check every day at miniaturemarket.com, too, because I miss these special sales. Like, there's a special map. Oh, yeah, the, the Asmodee map. is. I think that's going on now. Uh, yeah, where it's like a really, really special deals. Oh, where the map just goes away. It's the it's the price that you can't go below this, this price, mm-hmm. and they've waived that for a lot of their games. And I wouldn't have known if I wasn't subscribed to their newsletter, so make sure to subscribe to the newsletter. Also, for when you want to pick up some additional dice for your RPGs. We don't talk a lot about the RPGs here at uh, Rolling Dice, but they have all your RPG stuff that you need. Tons of cards. They've they've even got puzzles. They've got inserts. If you need it, Miniature Market has it. That's MiniatureMarket.com. And you also want to go over and check out our other sponsor, PortalGamesUS.com. This is where you can pick up the brand new Eleven. Ignacia said that uh, uh, like over 50% of the product has been sold. So if you want a copy of this game, you need to go out and order it now. Also, they're promoting their new game on GameFound, Thorgle, uh, which is going to be coming out soon. You could be able to back it, which is going to be a strategy game based on a very popular graphic novel or comic uh, out of uh, Poland and uh, Belgium. And again, it's called Thorgle. So you want to follow up those updates and and uh, follow that project on GameFound. Got a, the new 51st State Ultimate Edition is out. He's all the time dropping updates on the other things like the new Robinson Crusoe and everything, keeping us abreast on what's going on there. And we know we have some stuff coming out later on this year that we're going to be excited about. So we're just kind of keeping our ears to the ground for when he announced what's going to be coming out in the second half of uh, 2023. And he's in the audience tonight. He should be doing this. Why are we having to do this? He should be up here 
I guess he's having to pace himself before he actually has to come on stage and do a game award presentation. That's right. Well, you know what? He's probably getting antsy because he's want to come up. He's going to want to come up soon. So we're going to wrap that up. So once again, thank you to all of our sponsors. Head over in, and remember for all those sites: it's GameToppersLLC.com, MiniatureMarket.com, and PortalGamesUS.com. We've got another new presenter coming to the stage to give the award for this game has bling. Give her a big RDTN welcome, Benita Core. Hello, friends. My name is Benita Core, and I'm excited for my first ever appearance at the Squirrelly Awards. I'll be announcing the winner of This Game Has Bling, which is basically the fancy pants way of saying best production. And let me tell you, I'm no stranger to bling. In fact, my bling game is so strong, I can make diamonds jealous. I'm so sorry. So without further ado, the nominees are Return to Dark Tower, Terracotta Army, and La Cremosa. And the winner is... Return to Dark Tower. Congratulations. Well, well, well. I think this is the first time ever the same game has won back-to-back awards. We just gave the It's Alive award to Return to Dark Tower, and now it has the bling. But, I mean, Tony, come on. How, how can you not give this award to Return to Dark Tower? The gorgeous mat, the acrylic pieces... The tower itself, it's just an amazing production. And Restoration Games did an amazing job of getting that all together. The miniatures look great and everything. It's just so much value in this product. And when you play it, honestly, the production value of the game is what makes it so fun to play, to move the pieces around on the board and and interact with that huge tower sitting in the middle of the table. Completely agree. It does have that bling and it has a What's another sound the tower makes? It makes a bunch of musical sounds. So it makes a bling in the tower, I think, especially when the skulls come dropping out. They get bling, 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 bling all over the mat. However, Terracotta Army, when that one's on the table and you see those pieces, if you're not familiar, you're with the Terracotta Army and the actual historical location in China. It's so wild that you're sitting there looking at the pieces on the board and you're thinking back to that. They did an amazing job with that, the storage solution for Terracotta Army in the tray, very beautifully done. And the pieces, the horses, the sculpts, all that is really solid. And then one of my favorite games of the year um, that got nominated for this, Lacrimosa, just those player boards mm-hmm. alone were solid. Yeah, it was the because it was the dual layered where you could slide the card in between the two layers and everything like that. Uh, great graphic design and everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, it w- definitely deserved it too. But yeah, uh, Return to Dark Tower is running away with two awards this year, and I think it's well deserved. Tony, typically in the past, we've always had a fun award where we talk about the best portal game we didn't play of that year. However, in 2022, we played a lot of portal games, so we thought, why not we go ahead and give an award to the best portal game that we played for the year? So coming up to the stage to present that award is Ignacy Cherichek, Stephen Bonacore, and Corey Thompson. 
Чарни води сяда на конько за годи, чуле жед наше дівчино, є ще чуле з Україною. Hello, hello, Ignacio Czech from Portal Games. And Corey Thompson from Dice Tower Now and Dice Tower Dish. And the pod father of gaming, Stephen Bonacor. And we got invited, we have a corner to present the nominees for the best game. And uh, there's uh, many great games, but there are four games uh, from Portal Games. Uh, Batman, designed by Veronika Spradigasiewicz, Polish designers. Uh, Gutenberg, designer by Polish designers as well. Basilica, designed by Polish designer. Great design from Poland. And we also had uh, one game from Brazil, from Brazilian designers. A great slate of games released this year by us. And it looks like the winners... Brazilian game from uh, Z Mendes. <laughs> How did Brazil win? No Polish designer. No Polish designer. Nope. The Brazilian <laughs> game takes it. Well, rolling dice and taking names. You guys got it wrong again, as usual. Bye. Thank you. What the heck was that, Marty? I don't know. I went back and looked through the emails. And tell me if I'm wrong, Tony. Did. Was this award not for the best portal game? Was there anything in there that we had to pick a game that was designed by a Polish designer? No, there was nothing okay. in there. The way this was presented, not that we're picking at him, but I mean, this, was this like the half-ass award? <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I, it's up to Ignacy and Steven to bring their A game, and then they bring in Corey. I thought, well, maybe they're elevating it. Maybe... <laughs> Maybe this will bring it up some. Here we are. We're throwing the man a bone saying, you get an award regardless of what you produce. We're going to give you an award. A prestigious Squirrely. I mean, you have the longest running streak of getting an award at the Squirrelies. And here we make sure that it continues, that no one can break it. We are going for the Lou Gehrig for those, of, you know, or the Cal Ripken Award of the longest time played. Here we are. You got the award. I, I don't, I'm thinking, I may have to go take that back. <laughs> yeah, it feels a little uh, underappreciated, don't you think? I mean, yeah, we're picking fun at him, but we were sincere. As sincere as you and I get. Well, no, but I'm dead serious. I really, really liked Brazil. I did too. When he pitched it to me as a Euro X game and you played the game, it's exactly what it is. It feels like a Euro game, but it has the 4X elements of building out your... Uh, territories and building up towns and buildings and everything and going out and conquering lands and getting resources. I, it was a really well done game and I've enjoyed every time I've played it. Yeah, Easy to teach. I mean, my heavens. I mean, his son taught me how to play and then here I am teaching it. I mean, after one play, there's no, this game is uh, production. Amazing. It was one of those games that both you and I should have it in our collection and that's why I won a squirrely. But then again, Gutenberg, you had little little press pieces that helps you you know you're 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 trying to educate the world in gutenberg yeah okay maybe it was a little dry on the on the euro side of it just to score you some points but i still enjoyed it and then he's got to challenge my thought process with batman everybody lies yeah i may not be the dark knight but that's okay i was fine being someone who can support him and trying to figure out the clues and being a detective in the dc comics can't wait for some expansions there but after this He'd be lucky to he'd be lucky to get anything on my chart. Just saying. I bring my A game every two weeks. He should too. <laughs>
<laughs> okay, maybe not. <laughs> we would like to have thanked Poor Little Games for all the sponsorship over the past several years. We <laughs> totally understand why you're no longer going to be a sponsor of this show <laughs> any longer. <laughs> oh, just having fun with Ignacy. Just, uh, you know, and Stephen, thank you so much for showing up again. We really do appreciate it. And Corey, welcome to the show, man. We, we, we thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to uh, put this uh, presentation on for Ignacy's Award. Maybe that's what we should call it next year, Ignacy's Award. Now coming to the stage, good buddy of the show, probably been with us for the 10 years we've been on, Dan Patrice. And he is going to present Just the Two of Us. Just the Two of Us. We can make it if we try. Just the Two of Us. Greetings, programs. This is Dan from the Geek All Stars, and I am excited and honored, as always, to be back to present an award. This, as usual, the Just of Two of Us award here on the Squirrelies for rolling dice and taking names. Uh, absolutely love you guys, Marty and Tony, so I'm excited to be back, and congratulations on another great year of podcasting. So, Just the Two of Us, as usual, being basically your two-player games, the great two-player games that have happened last year, and the nominees are, first up, Caesar sees Rome in 20 minutes. This is by PSC Games and Paolo Mori. A great, obviously, two-player game with kind of a chip-pull system, kind of a area control, almost a war gamey feel. Uh, he's done some of these others in the kind of uh, seize in 20 minutes games. I think there's a World War II, and I think there's uh, two others, but a really cool system and really interesting way to play and just absolutely get that cool area control and war gamey feel in that 20-minute playtime. Next up, Decorum from Floodgate Games. This is by Charlie Mackin, Harry Mackin, Andrew Tenenbaum. This is by Floodgate Games. A really cool kind of co-op two-player game where you've got kind of a, uh, a puzzly a deduction and negotiation where you're trying to figure out how to create, how to decorate your house. And you and your partner, you have to, you, you have different goals that you're trying to achieve. And you're trying to basically get, succeed those goals without telling the other person what their goal are, what their goal is with very little bit of communication that you're allowed to say. Uh, very cool little, little uh, feel, little that, that puzzly feel to it as well. Another nice 30 to 45 minute game. And finally, Basilica. This is a really cool kind of re-implementation of actually Basilica, the old Basilica game that I believe was about 10 years ago. This is from Portal Games and Lucas Pagoda, a really cool kind of drafting, uh, tiling drafting game about basically just making a cathedral and with a nice push and pull kind of back and forth with the drafting feel to it. Uh, another one that plays in about 30 to 45 minutes. So there you go. You've got uh, Basilica, Caesar Roman, 20 minutes, Caesar Roman, 20 minutes, and Decorum. And I'll have the envelope, please. The winner is Decorum from Floodgate Games. Congratulations on your Just the Two of Us award. Yeah, Decorum is one of those things that, honestly, I thought was one of the more clever two-player co-op games I've played in a while. Simple concept. You're trying to decorate a house. Each of you have goals or requirements that you're trying to complete, but you can't tell each other what those requirements are. And so as you're putting pieces on the board, you're letting each other know, oh, I don't know, I don't like the, that lamp in that room, or that picture is actually perfect in that room. And these little hidden messages that you're giving each other, it's a good puzzle game. It, you're excited when you're able to 
uh, complete the mission and get the house decorated as it was supposed to be. Vanessa and I had a, a really, really good time with this. It has nice production and everything like this. One of the more unique games of 2022 and definitely one of the more fun two-player games that I played. But Tony, there were a lot of great two-player games we played mm-hmm. in 2022. Absolutely. And I think because of what you just said, the uniqueness to it is what pushed it above Basilica or Caesar Rome in 20 minutes. But Basilica, you know, we've already talked about it from Portal, from the fact that it's just a solid two-player game. And then Caesar Rome in 20 minutes, it lives up to its title. You and I had a great time with that over lunch one time where we were sitting there, you know, trying to manipulate area control, fast, quick, easy to play, tons of strategy in that game, tons of it. So really, this was a tough category. And, you know, I'm glad Vanessa broke the tie for us. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, she did. And I will say 2023 is already starting out to be a great year for two-player games. We've already played a lot of really fun two-player games this year, especially some card games like Ghost You Hex and Mm -hmm. 1815 Scum of the Earth. So Can't wait to see what the nominees are for next year. But we'll worry about that next year because now we're going to move on to an award for our really heavy strategy game that's going to be presented by Joel Eddy, and it's called Pass the Advil. Hey everybody, happy to be back at the Squirrely Awards for 2023. We're back here again with my friend, Private First Class Magnus. Where's Tony? I don't know, he's probably backstage somewhere. Well, I need to find him. Uh, We have an award to present. You need to keep your focus straight here, and don't worry about Tony. I heard he doesn't like me. Well, nobody likes you. Well, that's not true at all. I want to know what Tony's problem with me is. I never did nothing to Tony, and he has to always come in here, talk smack about me, I'm here to present his award, and he doesn't give me any credit. Well, I don't know what to tell you, Private First Class. Let's just get to the awards. Give me the nominees. Okay. The nominees for the Pass the Advil Heavy Game. Crescent Moon. Swearing Circleville, Terracotta Army. And the winner is... Crescent Moon. Congratulations to Crescent Moon and Osprey Games. This is a very unique, fantastic game. I've played it myself. I can't wait to play it again. It is definitely a special and unique game, and it's a good choice for this award. Thanks, everybody. Bye, Tony. So that robot thing knows <laughs> that it can rust with water. I am in a firehouse with hoses and, and hydrants. All I've got to do is unleash one of these hoses around here, and I can rust that thing in no time. I bet it does not have protective coating on it to keep it from that. It could, or maybe if it's steam-driven, I can quench the fire and shut that thing down. It wants to talk trash to me? Fine. Bring it on, big boy. I think you hurt its feelings. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I recognize your feelings. <laughs> I acknowledge your feelings. I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings. I'm, I'm, I'm very sorry. Pl- please take my word for it. I'm sorry about that. Just ignore what the rant just a few minutes ago. I'm sorry I hurt your feelings. 
Well, it's one of those things that you have to you have to be concerned about. That's AI stuff. I mean, maybe you like learning. You never know what's going to happen in the future. I already am a battery for some machine somewhere. I know that. <laughs> All right. So the winner, Crescent Moon. Yeah, Crescent Moon. Woo! I don't know how many times we played that game. Uh, and that's one of those games that's hard to get to the table, but we kept getting it to the table because we all wanted to play each of the different factions. And we wanted to play it with five player and get to get all the, the uh, different factions in there like that. It's I don't know, it's one of those games that there's a little bit of a learning curve, but once you get over it, you're just immediately into the game. And learning the different factions isn't that tough. There's a lot of games like this, you know, like when I teach Cuba Libra or something like that, the the factions are so vast and different. That's kind of hard to pick up. Everybody does. For some reason, it was easier to understand what people did. The card play was really smart. And I also like the really small maps because we all said once the game started, you were immediately in each, each person's face because uh, that's just the way the map was laid out. And you're immediately playing the game. There was no ramp up Mm-mm. to build out your forces and everything. You were head to head right off the bat, which is why I think it liked it. And it made the feel... And that made it game feel like it moved quickly. Yes. And the other thing that I enjoyed was the, oh, what is it? The, not cohabitation, but where you depend on each other just enough to achieve some victories. I needed Marty to help me assist. And that kind of is like with your coin games, isn't it? Where you try to keep everybody in check. And I think that's why I spoke to you a lot is that I need you to do something, but I'm going to also not help this person as much. And it was one of those things where the reason why I was past the Advil for me is it was the constant, how am I going to achieve my victory conditions without giving away too much and hide them? Oh, this is hurting my brain. How do I accomplish this in my limited amount of turns? But I've already talked about Terracotta Army. The end game scoring of that game is what hurt the head. How am I going to get the scoring on the rows and getting the majority in that area? I think that's what really pushed it over there. And squaring Circleville, that, that was very clever. Very clever. Yeah, it, it was with the map that you build out over time where you're mm-hmm. uh, basically taking a circle style map and removing tiles. And it becomes, you know, like you're changing the map to make it more of a square. It was just, it was really neat. Like as, as it was hard to move around the map at the beginning, but as the map filled out, you easily jump around the spaces a lot more quickly. It just looked really great on the table, but it, it was a brain burner also. But yeah, there were, again, we did play a lot of really good Euros last year. That seems to be something that we're really focused on. But these three really stood, uh, was the cream of the crop for us. And, uh, it, but the Crescent Moon, it's just one of those things. It's for me, a game that creates a story and experience that I remember mm-hmm. and can talk about in the future, which is why I liked it so much. Agree. The reason why this show exists is for our listeners. And our listeners get to tell us what games they think should win an award. And we dubbed this the all y'all award as they submitted their answers in our poll, tallied up the votes. And based on that, we turned over the top three to our presenters, Tim Chewin and Sam Smith, as they come to the stage to say what you listeners feel was best in 2022. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, yes, y'all. Hi, Tim. Hey, Sam. What's up? I'm Dude, good, man. How are you? Good to see you. 
Uh, are you excited right now, dude? We are going to announce the All Y'all Award, where we are going to be discussing the best game of 2022, voted by the awesome listeners. Ooh, I am excited to hear what it's going to be, man. I am also excited. But you know what? You're such a cool person. You should tell uh, the humans that are listening about yourself. Oh, well, first off, Marty and Tony, thank you both so much for having both of us here on mm. your podcast announcing such mm. an epic award. My name is Tim Chuan. I take pictures of board games. Sam, tell us who you are. My name is Sam Smith. Sam Smith, also known as Lord of the Board on all the socials. Check me out on YouTube. I do a lot of content on Root, but I do love other games. But Root is where the heart is. But Tim, who are the nominees for this excellent, splendorific award? Oh, so we have three games, three big hitters. We have Flamecraft, Arc Nova, and Return to Dark Tower. Sam, in this envelope that I have right here. You hear that? This envelope right here. I hear that. I hear that. It are you has... sure that you got it right, though? Because Arc Nova shouldn't be on the list. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm just kidding. Hey, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> right here in this brown, beautiful envelope, I have the name of one epic game that's going to win best board game of the year you ready for this i'm ready for this all right man here you go and the winner is arc nova let's go yes (laughs) awesome that is great congratulations to capstone games for this award very very much deserved and thank you again marty and tony for having us today we had a blast Yeah, thank you all. Congratulations. A huge congratulations to Capstone Games for winning yet another epic award. Tony, Marty, you guys are the best. I'm excited to listen to more. It's no surprise that these three games uh, went to the top. I heard a lot about Flamecraft, but never had a chance to play it. Of course, we've already talked about Return to Dark Tower, but it was Ark Nova that seemed to be the love of the end of 2021 and, and 2022 and just people kept playing it over and over in our discord channel i remember about a year ago people just were constantly playing and sharing pictures and talking mm-hmm. about how well they played and strategies that they had so it's for sure makes sense for our audience to pick that game it's a daunting game don't you know another capstone game that's you know very daunting when you first lay it out on the table try to teach it but all in all, the mechanisms of the card swapping and increasing their powers based on how you play them and how they are shifted throughout as you build out your zoo, place your tiles. See, this could have gone in a bunch of categories, but we chose to, you know, hey, oh, you know what? We think we know our audience. So we're going to let them give the game some love. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I'm not going to say it was a runaway, but it was a runaway when I totaled <laughs> up the points. So yeah, congratulations to Capstone. I know it's on my shelves. I can't wait to get it on the table for my wife and I to play. Uh, that's coming in 2023. I hope she loves it as much as I do. But I am going to talk about my game of the year and the presenter. Guy coming to the stage, you all know, he's taking a hiatus. I'm not saying he's retired. But for my game of the year, Sean Ramirez. Hey there, RDTN listeners. This is Duke Sean from the Dukes of Dice podcast, or I I guess formally, yeah, formally of the Dukes of Dice podcast. Wait, does Tony know that I'm no longer relevant in the board gaming community? I mean, you know, assuming I ever was. Anyway, 
I'm thrilled to be here yet again as a presenter for the Squirrelies and specifically for Tony's Game of the Year. And obviously, I'm excited to reveal the nominees and the winner. But first, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge the amazing work that Tony and Marty have done to promote and celebrate the board gaming hobby. Obviously, their passion and their enthusiasm for board games are infectious. They were clearly a huge influence on the Dukes of Dice podcast, and I'm sure you all out there share my appreciation for all of their hard work. All right, now let's get down to business. Tony has provided me with the names of the three games that he has considered for Game of the Year, and I can tell you that they are all fantastic choices. First up, The Guild of Merchant Explorers, published by AEG and designed by Matthew Dunstan and Brett J. Gilbert. Brazil Imperial, published by Portal Games and designed by Zay Mendes. And then finally, Fire and Stone, Siege of Vienna, 1683, published by Capstone Games and designed by Robert Dulesky. All right, well, just like the Highlander, there can only be one, and Tony's Game of the Year for 2022 is... The Guild of Merchant Explorers. Congratulations to Matthew Dunstan and Brett J. Gilbert, and of course, AEG for creating such a fantastic game. You know, choosing a game of the year is always a difficult task, but I'm sure that Tony's choice was well-deserved. Thank you again for inviting me to present this award. Well, now it's back to the podcasting booth in the sky, where all of us ex-podcasters go to wait until we're called back into action. Uh, like now. So thank you, Tony, again. Marty, thank you. As always, uh, appreciate all the work you guys do. And duke you later, everybody. So Marty, I know I know they've closed up the Dukes of Dice. I don't know if they sold off all their recording equipment yet, but I thought it would be very nice if, if Sean were to come back. I, I, I enjoyed their show. I missed their show. It's one of, it was one of my favorites up there. I mean, other than right below Rolling Dice and Taking Names, whenever I vote for the BGG Awards, you know, it was right up there at the top. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate Sean coming out of retirement and hosting my game of the year, the Guild of Merchant Explorers. This is, I've never seen Donna gravitate to a game like she did with that. Next to Carcassonne, this is the game that she puts on the table. And that to me is why it was game of the year. Brilliant gameplay. I love the simplicity of it, of only having so many cards that would come out on the table and you having to decide how to build your paths and how to explore the lands. Very straightforward. It's easy to teach. Every time I've taught it, people were quickly to catch on to it. They understand it. They really enjoy it. They always want to set it up and play again. So that is why the Guild of Merchant Explorers won my game of the year. And it's a good one. Well, that's why it's my game of the year. It's a good. Yeah, that's fair. And and all three of yours are really good. But I am surprised that won your game of the year. I didn't realize you liked it that much. Yeah. And I mean, all the maps are different. I hope that this game of the year will tell AEG that they need to produce more maps. I mean, you can't win game of the year and not follow up with additional maps. You just can't. (laughs) You gotta have expansions, right? You gotta have expansions. You gotta give the people what they want, and, I, and it needs some love. And I'll admit, maybe, maybe as I was listening them out, and my wife was making comments on there. Okay, maybe she said this will be your winner. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what was going on. I, I'm not going to say, but that could have been it. So yes, and that is a okay because uh, it sounds like you've played that game a lot and you've created some great memories with your wife, and that's what's important. And that's is your G O T Y. 
Yes, we did play a lot. I didn't I didn't realize how much we had played that game, but yes. I'll turn it over to you. So the presenter for the My Game of the Year has been an award winner in the past, but never a presenter, a friend of the show, a friend of ours, Mr. Rob Davio. Hello, this is Rob Davio, and now the moment you've all been waiting for. Marty's discussion of lawn mowing. Over the next hour, I will be setting the stage for Marty talking about the differences between dethatching and regular raking, the value of overseeding, the different seeds such as fescue versus bluegrass. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't. It's just a lawn, Marty. It's just grass. It grows. So let's get down to business. What we're discussing now is Marty's Game of the Year. And the nominees are Crescent Moon, Heat, and Undaunted Stalingrad. And the winner is... Undaunted Stalingrad. Congratulations. My Game of the Year was Undaunted Stalingrad. And people are thinking, wait a minute, Marty... I am a loyal listener of yours. Okay, the one person that's a loyal listener of ours, my mom. You have not reviewed Undaunted Stalingrad in any of your episodes, and that is correct. Uh, I started playing with my dad uh, last year. We're working through all 15 scenarios before I do an official review, but I played enough to know that that's easily my game of the year. I can't wait to tell you all about it. It's it's a legacy style game with the undaunted system uh, that I absolutely love. And Tony, I've actually been hoarding it from you. You hadn't even had a chance to try it yet. You're right, Marty. I have not seen this game yet. I saw it at Gen Con when David showed it to us and we were very excited for it. We were looking forward to it. A big undaunted legacy style. I can't wait to try it. Maybe when you finish it up, you can you can just do a final skirmish with me, you know, with whatever ends up on the final part of the table, if it works that way. I think you need to walk Donna through this thing. No. No, no, okay. no, no. Mm-mm. See, here's the thing about Stalingrad. It's meant to be played in a whole and not one scenario. You just can't cherry pick a scenario and do it. It just wouldn't make any sense because it's an ongoing story. It's an ongoing story. So, you, it's, oh, it will never end. That is so cool. No wonder it's your game of the year. Because based on what a result of a game was tells you what the next scenario is going to be. Mm, okay. Which is really cool. So I can't wait to do a full segment on it. So yes, Undaunted Daunted Stalingrad, my game of the year. And my other one, Crescent Moon, we already won the Pass the Advil Award. And a surprise hit for me, Heat. I was just really surprised how well that racing game is and it's really become one of my favorite racing games it's just a pure car driven racing game that i really enjoy more maps that's what we're looking forward to heat pedal to the metal baby let's go yeah. race it and with that that wraps up another squirrely awards this was the 2023 edition our eighth annual which i guess that would mean eight in a row and as always, it's the people in this audience here that made this show. It's those who came up on stage and presented, those who designed the games, and most of all, it's those who actually take time to listen to this show. Couldn't agree with you more. I mean, without them, I know I wouldn't be doing this. Plain and simple. Let's make yeah, it, it easy. wouldn't be fun if, it, if you and I were just recording stuff and mm-hmm. then... 
just us listening to ourselves talk. I mean, we hear ourselves talk all the time. Why do we want to hear ourselves talk mm-hmm. later about the stuff that we've already talked about? Again. It's getting late. It's getting late. It's time to close this place up <laughs> before the alarm bells go off here at the Mineral Springs Fire Department. As the let's let's wrap up these squirrelies. Just keep rolling dice and taking names. And once again, we want to thank all the presenters for the awards tonight, starting with Dan King, the Game Boy Geek. And the crew over at Tantrum House. Our good buddy, Chaz Marler. Crystal, Amby, and her kids from Board Game Blitz. Candace Harris. Rob and Christina from Blue Peg, Pink Peg. Bonita Core. Based on their presentation, Ignacy, Steven, and Corey. <laughs> That's right. <gasps> Geek All-Stars, Dan Patrice. Joel Eddie and that robot thing from Drive Through Games. Tim Chewin and the Lord of the Board, Sam Smith. Sean Ramirez from I Hope to Do Some Dice Again in the Future. And last but not least, Rob Davio. Gosh, Tony, it seems like I'm forgetting somebody we should have thanked. Mar- Marty, I could give it a try if you'd like, if, if, you, if there's still time. <laughs>